Well, uh, we should know that voice uh, quite well. Uh, Vie for another round as far as the supervisor's post in uh, Islip. Angie Carpenter gives us uh, a couple of minutes here on this day before Election Day. It is uh, great to have you as always. And uh, more than, than many out there, Ms. Carpenter, are used to this type of process, correct? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good morning, Jay. How are you? And how is everyone out there? The we are all good. All good as far as the preparation. Go ahead. Give me a sense. Uh, well, I don't think there's anything that we could have done uh, for this campaign uh, to make, you know, to have worked any harder. Uh, however, the work is in the years before the campaign. The work is every single day when you go to the office, when you work hard, when you care about what you do, and you deliver to the people, and you fix the roads, and you plow the roads, and you fix the potholes, and you improve your parks, and you can look back. And, you know, sometimes you have to stop and look back to see what you've accomplished, because you get so consumed in doing every single day that you don't realize what you've gotten done until you start to kind of list it. Oh, it's campaign time. What have we done? Holy cow, we really got a lot done. So I'm, I'm really proud of, of everything that's been accomplished by this incredible team of experienced, caring people at the town of Islip. And God willing, with the support and confidence of the voters and hope everyone gets to the polls tomorrow if they've already you know, not voted, that they'll support what we've been doing so that we can continue for another four years. Go. You have such a long history in serving the public. What are you most proud of as far as Islip? You've accomplished a lot, but give me maybe three, four, five of the top, uh, situations involved in which, you know, you have kind of turned things around in a very positive way. What would those be? Well, I would say delivering services to the people, the parks. I mean, we have done an incredible job in you know, improving the parks, bringing them to a level they've never been to before. Roberto Clemente, brand new swimming pool, brand new spray park, you know, skateboard park, Ross Park. We did a ribbon cutting about two weeks ago. That was Needle Park. It was filled with drug dealers. It was overrun with, with all kinds of paraphernalia, including sofas and beds and everything buried in the woods. Well, we cleared out the woods and we actually put, you know, paved parking on the park so that people could park, you know, take their cars and drive there. We put a gorgeous playground in there, a uh, gazebo. Working with uh, Assemblyman Phil Ramos, who got us some grant money, we were able to put this lovely gazebo, and we're looking forward to concerts and community events happening there. You know, last night, um, you know, the park, we put new fencing around the park, and like every other park in the town, it closes at dusk. So you don't have you know, you're not encouraging inappropriate behavior and things happening in the park that destroy the park. And last night, I was coming back from an event, and uh, I said, I was with someone driving, and said, oh, you know, I hope they close the gate, because this is new. We just opened it, um, and the gate was still open, so we called the park rangers, and they were sending someone down, because it had just turned, you know, started turning dark. But there was a family in there, a uh, husband and wife and three little kids, and they were, you know, in the area with the playground and the swings, and I got out and I was chatting with them, and they live in Brentwood, and they were so excited to, to have this wonderful community park. And that was what 
this was all about, giving this park back to the people. You know, we all pay taxes, and the taxes are high, and, you know, but you have to look at your tax bill and break it down, and what are you getting for your taxes? What are you getting from the town? Our portion of the tax bill is about 5 or 6%. We're, you know, taking care of the parks, our buildings, bringing programs, our senior centers. I had a woman yesterday say, oh, my God, I love what you're doing with the seniors. There's so much going on. This is a lifeline for our seniors, the programming that we do there. And then the concerts in the park and the the drive-in movies that we bought. These are all things, the Seafest at the Bayshore Marina, you know, these are things that were not there before. Yes, we had some senior programming, but not to the level that we have it now, bringing you know, Northwell or Good Sam in to do flu shots for our seniors and give them counseling on, you know, good eating habits and, and so forth. I, I mean, there's just so much. Uh, the airport, you know, bringing two new airlines in and still having it be a wonderful customer experience, not having it be overcrowded, not having it be a burden on the neighbors. I mean, everything that we've done, we've brought, you know, more housing into the town, everyone's, you know, screaming about affordable housing. We've brought some really good uh, developments in, uh, but with everything going forward, I keep saying it has to be something the community embraces. It has to be something the community wants. And I've told developers time and time again, you have a project that's great. You go into the community. I want the community at a town board meeting, at a change of zone meeting, to say we want we want you to vote for this. I don't want, you know, communities coming out saying, I don't want this, not, you know. So there's a, there is a balance. You can reach it, and it takes a lot of work. It really does. But, you know, I'm up to it. Our team is up to it. Uh, you know, as I said earlier, God willing, uh, the voters be fit to give me another four years because there's a lot more exciting things ahead for our wonderful town of Islip. No doubt, no doubt. Angie Carpenter Willis for another term as supervisor of the great town of Islip. I remember Angie way back. Started as a county treasurer, county ledge. She served on every committee, I think, possible. Uh, and I remember quite vividly when you were appointed, uh, you know, to serve out the vacated term of Tom Croce. You took office. You convened the task force. Uh, you know, the budgets, you, you were very, uh, you know, in tune as far as the budget. Uh, and especially letting know the community what's going on, because you didn't have a lot of transparency prior uh, to you no. coming in. I remember I remember that quite vividly, you know. Uh, well, and you really kind of turned it around as far as, you know, all that the uh, accountability and everything else, you wanted the public to really understand the nuts and bolts, right? It's their government. It's their government, and they need to know what's going on so that they can be supportive or they can come forward and offer suggestions. You know, um, with wanting to deliver everything to the people and fix the roads and, and have the programmings and all the exciting fairs and events, we had 30,000 people at Apple Fest a week ago Saturday. But it's still a business, and you have to know what you're doing. You have to run it like a business. And going to the bottom line and seeing, you know, budgeting, I go through that budget line by line. It's zero-based budgeting. Just because you had X amount this year doesn't mean you're going to get it next year if you don't need it. 
I don't want to hear this, oh, we have to spend it because if not, we won't get that same amount next year. That's not how it works when you're dealing with the public's money. You need to be um, really, really focused on, on what's right, what's appropriate. You need to be transparent. You need to know what you're doing. Being the town supervisor, like the county executive, and I've said this time and time again, these are not positions for on-the-job training. These are positions, these are jobs that you've got to bring experience, know-how, dedication, commitment, energy, a desire to really serve the people. And I have it, and Romaine has it, and as I said, and I'll keep saying it's, it's in God's hands, but hopefully the voters will, will see, you know, what will serve them best. Angie Carpenter with us. You know, a lot of people forget, uh, and you and I really don't, haven't spoken about this a lot. When you were sworn in, which was, what, eight years ago, right? Um, yeah, 2015 it was. 2015, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You were the first, I think I'm right in saying this, you were the first woman supervisor of the town of Islip. And you're talking about a 300-plus year history here, folks. To fill the vacancy <laughs> of the top leader there, um, and, and I think that, I think I'm right in saying that. But what does that all meant to you? You know, it was really ironic. I didn't really think much about being the first female until I was being sworn in, and I was walking into the town boardroom, and somebody said to me, "You're making history." And I said, "Wow, I, I you know kind of forgot about that." And I'm standing <laughs> there, my right hand raised to to do right by the people. And I'm looking up on the wall where you've got the pictures of all the past supervisors, and they were all male. And I was standing there next to my granddaughter, who turned 13 that day. And I remember, you know, I was just so filled with emotion and and saying to her, you know, like she was the only person in the room, you know, Sid, you can do anything you want, anything you want. This is a wonderful country. This is a wonderful town. We are so very, very blessed. You know, I'll say this. I'm doing this a long time. There's not a lot of negativity you hear about Ms. Carpenter here. Uh, you know, you've been at it a long time. Reputations meet a lot. Credibility and everything else. They sing your praises. I get a lot of people on. I will say this. You know, every uh, every leader of the town of Islip, whatever the capacity that we have had on, John Lorenzo on last week, I mean, the people sing your praises. Does that mean a lot to you? It does. It does. Because I really, I really care about what I do and, and I take it personally. And I have to say this, this campaign has been particularly negative on the part of my opponent. And I haven't gone there, although there are many things I could have said. Uh, the only one thing I will say is that, you know, you need experience. And obviously at 27 years old, very, very educated, but does not have one ounce of real practical run a business, run a government experience. And uh, when the the accusation are, are thrown out there that are so blatantly untrue, it hurts. It hurts when you know you're really trying to do the right thing. So to everybody out there, I, I you know, I would just say, you know, tell the truth. <laughs> be kind. You know, it, it, <laughs> it doesn't cost anything to be kind. Um, you know, and at the end of the day, um, you know, you're going to be seen as, as what you say. And, 
you know, the old adage, don't do to anybody what you wouldn't want someone to do to you. It really holds true. But all in all, it's been a wonderful, wonderful experience. The outpouring of support has just touched my heart. It really, really has. And, um, you know, I look forward to continuing, you know, what we've been doing, working hard for the people every single day. And Angie, you know, I'll say this, you know, experience means a lot. I mean, this is this is not an on-the-job type training deal. And, you know, the same thing holds for the, for the county executive spot. I mean, it means a lot, that experience to bring uh, into, the, uh, into the office because, you know, as we have gotten along here uh, over the years, you can get a sense with all the problems, uh, even post-COVID stuff, that things really need to be in check. And it's those with experience that can attack in the right way. You have the experience. You also have the passion and everything else. Um, give me a second as far as that so-called fire in the belly I talk about all the time. You know, you could get a sense. A guy like Ed Romaine, he's got it on a daily basis. You, I've known for a long time, you have it on a daily basis. And that uh, that never ceases to amaze, you know? Well, you do have to have the fire in the belly. You do have to want to serve. You do have to believe in what you're doing. And you have to be prepared and you need the experience because only God knows what we've got ahead of us. Whoever predicted four years ago when I ran for election that I was going to be facing COVID, Mm -hmm. that I was going to be on the phone every single day with the county, the health commissioner, New York State, the governor's office, making decisions, you know, about staffing, who's an essential worker, should we open, should we not, you know. Decisions that experience and a steady hand are required for. You just don't know when storms come up, decisions on whether or not to declare a state of emergency and what that means, keeping in touch with the school districts, making sure that when there is a storm, are they going to close good? Let us know in the middle of the night so we're not plowing your school if you're not going to open. We can go and direct it to the other public buildings and the hospitals and healthcare facilities. You know, these are the kind of things that Nobody really knows about, but happen on a day-to-day basis. And, uh, again, you've got to make the commitment. I'm there every single day. You know, if I'm not in my office, I'm out at an event or a meeting or, or something. I so believe in this, and I really feel that we owe it to the people. I know what it is to pay your taxes. I know when the tax bill comes due, you know, what it feels like to pull that payment together. And, you know, you can't take it lightly. And it's a travesty if you're not working full-time and doing right by the people. And I'll say this, inexperience could not have done with the airport of what it is today. I will say that. I mean, the airport is amazing. We get comments on a daily basis, the flights, the new destinations, airlines, you name it. You got the new carousel area there. People rave about the airport. I mean, the airport is a major, major, major staple as far as what all Long Island will look like in the next uh, 10, 15, 20, 25 years. You got Midway, you got the hub and everything else. That airport is a centerpiece. And I'll say this, a lot of people will say, Angie should be darn proud of what she accomplished there. Well, let me tell you something. The airport, and I want everyone to understand that, that airport is self-sufficient. Not one dollar of taxpayer money goes into that airport. It is sustained by grants and passenger fees and 
everything else that comes with running the business of an airport. But it is self-sustaining. It has a surplus. It is doing really, really well. And that is something, you know, that's an asset for the town without being a financial burden. When I go to the markets, when I go to the rating agencies and I say, we own an airport, it's self-sufficient. It's got a $12 million surplus or whatever it happens to be at that moment in time. Uh, you know, a fund balance, that's, that's huge. And that enabled us, that and everything else that was going around the town and the ability that we have to, to grow has given us that AAA bond rating, been reaffirmed eight times. And what does that mean? When we go to the market to sell bonds, we don't have to beg people to buy our bonds. We had 16 bidders on one of our offerings this past year. 16 different financial institutions wanted to buy our paper. Juxtapose that with the county a couple of years ago before they got the infusion of the COVID money. They were begging people. They had to go to the bond market more than once to get two people to bid on their paper. That's the difference. And those, again, are the kinds of things that, you know, people don't see. They don't see. They come out of the house, they're going to work, they drive on the road. Oh, there's a pothole. That town, they're not doing anything. Well, call us and let us know because we'll get out there and fix it. But, uh, again, you know, you get the government that, that you deserve. You've got to be a part of it. You've got to let us know when there's something you don't like. You've got to let us know when there's something that needs to be fixed. And don't do it on social media. I, I've seen it happen time and again. So, oh, my God, look at this. The town didn't do this. And people go back and forth. There's 20 comments. And I'll go on there and go, did anybody call the town? Well, no, but okay. <laughs> you know. So anyway, yeah. I'm, I'm going on and on. You know, it's, it's been absolutely a blessing, an honor, a privilege. And as I, I just hope I have the opportunity to continue to do it. Well, tomorrow's a big day, and the polls open at 6A, close at 9P. There are no more excuses. Early voting, everything else done. Now you got the big day. We will be focusing in on it. And, uh, Andrew, we will be watching as far as uh, your rise uh, all through tomorrow, hopefully in a positive way for yourself. Uh, we'll keep a focus on it. We can't thank you enough for a few here, though. Oh, thank you so much. And local elections matter. You know, we don't have a governor running. We don't have a president running. But this particular election day affects you and your everyday life. These are the elections that matter. Your council people, we've got a great team in place. You know, John Lorenzo, Mike McElway, Linda Viverka, Andy Whitman, you know, ready to hit the ground running. So, um, you know, we ask for your support. And, of course, Ed Romaine. Those two guys, by the way, you mentioned Whitman and Lorenzo, sharp as a tech. Uh, yep. We had him on. Very good guys. We'll be watching. Angie, best of luck, my dear. We can't thank, thank you, you so enough. much. 